There's more to being a great developer than writing great code. This is Soft Skills Engineering. I'm your host, Dave Smith. I am your other host, Jameson Dance. And that was a new intro, ladies and gentlemen. What did you think, Jameson? <laughs> I think it'll sound even better when I edit in that, um, what is it, that THQ, like movie noise that happens at the beginning. <laughs> the giant, like, uh, synth swell. You mean like the, uh, oh, THX. Oh, THX, yeah. Yeah, there you go. At least I didn't. I was gonna say THC, and then I was like, "Oh wait, that's a different <laughs> thing." <laughs> yes. Yep. That'll be great. Thanks. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> edit, edit in some THC. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dave, I think you had a listener question that, or a listener story that you wanted to share this week. Yeah. So, way back in episode fourteen, which was like uh, fifteen internet years ago, I think. We took a question from a listener named Zachary about how to deal with legacy code. And um, I thought we did an okay job answering that question. What do you think, Jameson? Yeah. I mean, we we certainly said some words. <laughs> words were said. <laughs> we, we definitely filled all the airtime we needed to fill. <laughs> <laughs> we sure did. We, it, it was interesting. In my head, it was like a a five-year-old project or something like and and a mm -hmm. lot of our discussion was around like you can still get value out of that and yeah 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 exactly don't be too ha don't be too hasty to rewrite yeah, it it's not that bad kind of like this undertone of like suck it up a little bit <laughs> yeah ex exactly like you're probably yeah exactly because that's actually pretty predominant ideas like well i need to rewrite this code it's six months old yeah but uh that was not the case at all <laughs> <laughs> how old was this code base jameson uh, he said from the early 90s yeah so we're talking like 20 years old yeah uh it didn't it was like usb based it doesn't run on anything newer than windows xp which is no longer supported by microsoft and um and so we were just kind of way off base there so hey so we're sorry zachary <laughs> um but the story has a really cool ending i was really impressed with with zach zachary here can i call you zach uh, i feel like we're buds <laughs> so uh, so Zach's idea was to move the code base over to a web-based uh, application using Chrome's uh, USB API, which news to me, I didn't know that was the case. Apparently, this is about 10 times faster than the previous implementation, and it runs on Windows, Mac, and Linux. And so he built a prototype, and then he presented it to the CEO um, and the VP, and they decided to move forward with the new code base and even added two additional programmers to the project. So Zachary says, I realize in hindsight that my boss was not willing to make the decision because I was not presenting the information to him in a manner he understood. Once I broke down the advantages into feature improvements, portability improvements, and ease of use, it became a no-brainer for him. So I thought that was really, really cool. And I was really impressed with the way Zachary handled that. Yeah, for sure. It can be hard sometimes when things seem intuitively obvious to you as an engineer, why no one around you is supporting the concept or the idea, you know, or sorry, it can be intuitively obvious to you that it's a good idea, but then people around you are like, I don't get it, you know, and sometimes we have to put things in words or with examples that really resonate with others. And like the, the closer your example is to giant dollar signs, the easier it will be. To convince <laughs> people. And if you just say the word cha-ching between every sentence, it yeah. helps. <laughs> I think that's part of the sales process <laughs> from my understanding. Anyway, so I feel like we answered that question for the wrong listener, but I think for everyone else, what we said was probably beneficial and I'm really happy with the way Zach handled things here. I thought it was super cool. No, I, I'm going to take credit for the good outcome he had, even though 
we totally misjudged the situation. We were the catalyst that led him to do that. That's right. It's 100% on you, Jameson. Yep. Good job. Thank you. I, f- I feel good about the work I've done. <laughs> well, should I read our first question? Let's do it. Okay, this is from listener Greg Harrison, and he says, I want to build a side project, but my lack of coming up with good ideas saps my motivation. Do you have any tips? Yeah, just build Uber. That's what I would do. Uber, but for cars. Uber. (laughs) Brilliant. Okay, uh, this is, I, I think implicit, in this question is the fact that this person is probably comparing themselves to all of the like famous rock star developers, celebrity developers or whatever that just like post about all the awesome stuff they make all the time. It's so that, like Linus Torvalds, like I'm just making an operating system for fun. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, I think that's how he introduced <laughs> it. Yeah. On Twitter even. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Twitter in 1992. That was a good time. Yeah. Mailing lists were the original Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but I, I feel this sometimes that there are these developers that seem like they're just always producing stuff and it's amazing mm-hmm. stuff. And often mm-hmm. it's in things that I am bad at, but I wish I was good at. So it's even another level of like comparing myself and, and coming up short and, and like I, I rebuilt like, Uber in Haskell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, Oh man, that's awesome. And I could never do that. Um, and I, and I feel like there's this tendency for us to compare our like weaknesses against other people's strengths. And Hmm. I don't think you have to be like the most productive. I don't know. You don't even have to be productive at all in side projects The you should think about what your goals are in doing a side project. Like if you want to build a product, that's a pretty different side project versus I just want to learn this technology and play with something. True. True. And, and personally, I, I'm tired when I get home and I don't want to like have a second job building <laughs> Uber for cars. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> don't worry. It's, it's coming. I'm about to take over the Uber <laughs> for cars market. Uh, so my side projects are all like just stupid, really dumb things that make me laugh and that no one else thinks are funny. Uh, and, and they're just purely <laughs> for exploration and then sometimes I call them art because that excuses how crappy they are. Like anything, you can just say it's art and then it is art. Um, like this is the worst program I've ever written. That's because it's art. Yeah, like how? see your reaction You don't to see it, the beauty of this? No, yeah. The, the reaction you have to this code is part of the piece itself. And I was attempting to recreate the feeling that you get when you come into a new legacy code, new, new to you legacy code base. And, and you can just like BS forever and then it's art. <laughs> the rage you feel when you read crappy code yeah <laughs> that's what this that's what this piece is all about isn't that really what makes us human and you just put that sentence in there and then it works <laughs> oh my gosh that's such a good idea that, that explains so much of the code i've written <laughs> like i just did this so that you could explore your own humanity yeah try that in your next code <laughs> review <laughs> someone's like i'm pretty sure there's like a seg fault in your javascript right here i don't even know how you did that but there is and then you say but, what does that say about the human experience? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it's a good idea. It'll go over really well. Uh, I can't but, stop laughing at this idea. <laughs> I want to hear it's so good. how it goes. Uh, but to come back to the question, <laughs> that's, that's how I feel about side projects. And that takes the pressure off of me to come up with, like, air quotes, good ideas. 
because good doesn't mean anything like there's no pressure it's just mm-hmm. what can i do that would teach me something um so that's part of my approach to yeah it. what's the other part uh the art <laughs> <laughs> right. you can't say part without art that's true <laughs> <laughs> yeah how, how do you feel about this question dave well, I also, I, I have the same problem actually. And so I'm like, well, I want to work on something cool, but I don't have any cool ideas. So I just won't do anything. Yeah. And when you get in that kind of lurch, I think a really good thing you can do is find some project that already exists and just clone it. Just make your own version of it. Like who cares if it's popular? Who cares if anyone uses it? And if, if you're really just doing this to explore new technologies or learn new skills or concepts, just find something and clone it. Um, I think I've seen people do this with like, uh, wasn't it like the the what's the base camp company? Thirty seven. Forty seven signals or thirty seven. Yeah, you're some number off. of signals. You're close. <laughs> yeah. Um, and signals. And I I think I saw someone rebuild that app just for fun to learn a, t- a new technology, and they chose it because it would give them a nice surface to explore all the different features of some framework. And it was like, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. So I say just clone something. Find something what you know that you're moderately interested in and clone it. And I don't mean Git clone, literally. <laughs> I mean, make a version of it that you yourself created. Part of the comparison with other people thing I was talking about earlier is is sometimes I feel like there are some developers who their life's passion is like animation. And then they just build all these awesome animations all the time and explore that space. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I can feel like if I'm not as passionate about whatever dinky little side project I'm working on as they are about that core thing, then it's kind of a waste of time and I, and I feel bad about it. Um, hmm. So I like that idea about just cloning something because that tells me it doesn't have to be this thing that keeps you up at night and you can't stop thinking about rewriting Basecamp but in Haskell or whatever. Like, right, that's, right. You'll still learn stuff from doing that. Yeah. I also once read this interview with some one one person from the band Kiss about one famous song they made. I don't even remember what song, but they said they came up with it by trying to copy a Led Zeppelin song and they were really bad at <laughs> copying it. So it came out totally different. And they're like, oh, cool. We wrote <laughs> so an original song. <laughs> so they tried to plagiarize and failed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So maybe. Well, the, there you go. Yeah. In the act of copying this project, you'll probably be like, I don't want to put that feature and that's hard to do. And then maybe the product is better without that feature in it. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, bada boom, bada bing, you're a millionaire. Yep. So, and that will happen, I promise. <laughs> That's a soft skills engineering guarantee. <laughs> That's about as good as all of our other guarantees. <laughs> yep. uh, I've had a few fun personal projects also that I've actually never cloned a project, but I've had uh, over the years, I've had maybe four personal projects that were all about a personal itch that I had to scratch. Um, the first one was uh, my ISP at the time had a bandwidth cap where they said you can only download X number of gigabytes in a, in a month. But they said, but during the night, like from midnight to 6 a.m., you can do as much as you want. And I was like, oh, okay. And at the time, I really liked downloading like big files, like BitTorrent files and stuff, all very, very legal sure. uh, BitTorrent files. And so I wanted to have my BitTorrent client like automatically go unthrottled at night and then like pause during the day. And I'm like, well, this seems really solvable. And I was using this BitTorrent client uh, that I think no longer exists. And so I figured out that it had a plugin system and I wrote a plugin for it. 
And I was like, this is really cool. It was just a fun way to write a little plugin that would let me write, you know, configure a schedule and, and download stuff. And, and I worked hours on this stupid thing. And it turns out it was really popular in Australia <laughs> because I think they had a lot of metered ISP connections huh. down there. And uh, yeah, for whatever reason, um, lots and lots of people, I think hundreds of people used it to, to meter their downloads. Um, and uh, it was really fun. And I found myself getting up at like five in the morning to work on it before I'd go into work because I was just really excited about it. And, uh, and so that happened, but that's only happened to me a few times. Um, and I think the key there was the personal itch. Like I really wanted to solve this problem and it turned out it was also kind of useful for some people. Hmm. I think a bunch of, uh, successful products and tools have come out of that personal itch thing too. Oh yeah. Like Linux. Yeah. (laughs) I thought you were going to ask me to name some and then I was going to say, no, you name some. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so so i think that's a really powerful way to make your life better and it turns out that you're probably a lot like other people <laughs> and and so that'll make other people's lives better yeah exactly sometimes we think well surely no one else wants this but if you want it that's a really good data point that someone else probably wants it mm-hmm. so that's what i do for motivation find something i want no matter how lame it is and just uh, scratch my itch and maybe even find something that you want but already exists and just try to build your own version of it um, and m- maybe that'll sap your motivation too, though. Like, well, I'm just reinventing the wheel here. I'm solving a problem that's already been solved. Maybe the meta point is it sounds like we both do this very differently. My, my strategies are very like pick something totally random and exploratory and there's no attempt to finish stuff. Or I mean, I can finish stuff mm. sometimes, but I don't. I just leave this trail of unfinished half-baked ideas. And, oh. and your strategy is you're... Um, trying to solve some problem you have and then you also suggested the yeah. clone thing and uh, maybe you just have to find the one that works for you that yeah maybe maybe because I very I very rarely leave things unfinished like if I'm going to start a project I'm probably going to finish it but because of that I've only done this maybe four times like I said in in 15 years but Jameson it sounds like you do it a lot more frequently I have probably a 95% done ook interpreter <laughs> And I just didn't want to like write the one last case. Wait, ook, ook as in on-off keying? No. Uh, oh, okay. Ook is a, oh, okay. This is not a soft skill, but um, pretty valuable information about to, about to show up here. Ook is a programming <laughs> language made up of three different symbols. There's ook with an exclamation mark, ook with a question mark, and ook with a period. Like the, the noise you would write out if a monkey made it. Ook, oh, okay. Uh, and and all you combine right. all those different symbols to like shift bits around in an array or something. It's kind of like a I, don't, I can't say the name on of the language on this podcast. A, a brain. Oh, is F-word. it starts with an F? Yeah, yeah. it's a brain <laughs> F word clone. But instead of weird symbols, you just use ook. So it's like Got the it. world's premier um, monkey based programming language. I think. Ook ook ook. Yeah, and and the code is amazing. It's just a lot of like ook. Ook, ook. <laughs> That's pretty great. Okay. Well, there you go. That was a hard skill. Mm-hmm. Sorry for that diversion. It's okay. Well, I don't know why I said it's cool. okay. We're apologizing to the listeners. It, it's ook. Yep. It's it's. Ook. <laughs> uh, hopefully, you find some motivation, uh, Greg, who is the person that asked this question. Mm-hmm. Do you want to ask her next? Thanks question? for the question. Oh, sorry. I keep cutting. Yeah. Out. Uh, how dare you, first of all. And yes, I would like to ask our second question. Great. Okay. 
Uh, this is a little bit more somber, so buckle up. Have you ever been fired? What happened? How do you bounce back after being fired? And I'll, I'll share a little confession. Jameson told me before the show that he's never been fired. Mm-mm. And he silently judges anyone who has been. <laughs> I, I was fired when I was 15 once. Um, I think the times where I, I might have been fired, I like preemptively quit. That's probably happened to me before. Mm-hmm. You're like, I see this train wreck coming. Yeah. like <laughs> Let's get off the track. <laughs> and then I get to preserve my pristine record. So <laughs> It's all about the stats. So probably... If you've been fired, it won't be as bad as the story of uh, my dad. <laughs> my dad is like this <laughs> lovable teddy bear guy, so nice, so kind, cares a lot about people's feelings. Uh, he did not always <laughs> have those qualities, and he was a manager back in the day of uh, salespeople, totally unrelated industry, and and he fired someone in a kind of like a sociopathic way that makes him sound horrible. I swear he's not horrible, though. <laughs> Um, (laughs) so there was a salesperson that was kind of, um, just slacking off. He wasn't answering his pager and pagers were really important for their process back then. And he wasn't showing up to work and and just was having some problems. So after a a while of this, he got called in to the office and my dad asked him what was going on. And he said, Oh, my pager's broken. And then my dad said, okay, I'm going to call your pager. And if it buzzes, then you're fired. And it did. Oh, and it was. oh. Yeah, I called his bluff. Yeah, I don't. Oh, that makes me shudder. Can you can you imagine being in that seat? Like, yeah, my page is broken. Okay, I'm gonna call it. Oh crap. Yeah. <laughs> I think the modern my day plan has backfired. Like, oh, I just I just haven't been feeling very well. And then someone pulls up like your your Twitter feed, and they're like, oh yeah, why did you tweet? <laughs> at the beach. <laughs> 8.47 pancakes at 12.32 this afternoon. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah, that is like the modern equivalent. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully if you've ever been fired, it's not that bad. But I have been fired. Would you like me to tell you my story? I would love to. I worked for a large, well-known software company at the time. Uh, they were a little bit less well-known now. 15 years ago, I was an intern doing testing for some of the software that this company produced. And I was also a participant on a local Linux users group mailing list. And there was some trash talking going on on the mailing list of some of the products that my employer produced. And I participated in the trash talking. And News got back to my employer and my manager called me into her office and was like, hey, uh, this product owner of this other product line just called me and told me some of the things you said. And I think you need to, I'll quote her, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. (laughs) And I said, what's the worst? (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, yeah, am I going to (laughs) die? And uh, she was like, no, 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 just getting fired. And I was like, oh. Okay, so about a week went by, and sure enough, an HR guy called me into his office with my manager, and he says, "Uh, we've decided that uh, you and the company are not a good fit. (laughs) That's how I was like, go. So they they told me that, signed my time card, and shuffled me out the door, and that was the end of that whole internship after like six or eight months or something. Um, And I learned a really valuable lesson from that, which is that you 
really shouldn't go and say negative things about your employer. It's like the proverbial biting of the hand that feeds you. Um, and even if you're right, <laughs> you just shouldn't. And maybe especially if you're right, you shouldn't say them. Hmm. So that was my that was my one and only experience being fired from a software job. I think there are a lot of interesting things to talk about in that story. One of the fascinating things to me is the way that they told you, which is just cloaked in euphemism and and kind of they, mm-hmm. they didn't say it sounds like they didn't say you shouldn't have said that you're fired because we we don't like it when people talk bad about the company no no the hr person never said that never even referenced that we all knew that that was what was going on but incidentally they also said hey if you want a letter of recommendation we'll give you a positive letter of recommendation hmm. Um, and I was like, oh, interesting. It, my my grown-up eyes now look back at that and realize they were trying to prepare a soft landing for me. They, they In fact, they told me, all we're going to write down on your records is that your internship ended. We're not going to say that you were terminated with cause. And I think this probably got them out of some like unemployment obligations to pay. Mm. But also it made it so that it, when I called later with references, they were able to give a positive recommendation. Interesting. So they were kind of like protecting me while also kicking me out of the organization. It's like punishing you and protecting you at the same time. Do you feel like they they had some valuable feedback that they could have given if they were just willing to be super blunt? In a... Uh, in a more complicated situation, yes, but in this case, it was really clear. Sure. Like <laughs> you did something acutely wrong, sure. and we won't tolerate it. Um, but yeah, I think so, and and I have, uh, I know that happens actually, and sometimes they do that for your benefit. So I have been involved in 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 someone being let go who there there were definite problems. Uh, and, and I just did not have the guts to say like, you did not do good enough work. And so I just made up some crap about like, oh, it's just not a good fit. And mm-hmm. I don't know. That's, uh, did you feel like a coward when you, I did, totally when you did that? Did. Yeah. Well, I, I already felt horrible cause it was like a very nice person, very easy to get along with. It was kind of like kicking a puppy. And then, <laughs> but, but I also feel stupid talking about this now. Cause like I still had a job. I don't know. <laughs> it's not, it's not about the person doing the firing. The person that's getting fired feels way worse. But the reason I, I bring yeah, that up is yeah. the person um, firing, it has all these social incentives to um, sometimes not be completely honest because they don't want to mm-hmm. make people feel bad. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's hard. It's hard to look someone in the eye and say, you're not, you're not good at programming. You know, like you're not good at the thing you spend almost all of your time doing. But it's, that sucks. it's probably harder to hear that. And maybe we should talk about uh, oh, what, yes. what do you do? So either situation sounds horrible, right? E- either you just nobody, get nobody wins and no one tells you and you're like, am I like, a, do I have a disease? Or you get fired and they're like, you are bad at your job. <laughs> like, what do you do in, in those cases? I think in both cases, you you can feel absolutely distraught. And your confidence can be shaken, even if you've been a successful software engineer for many years. Being fired can shake you to the core, and it's perfectly normal to feel uh, your confidence drop to the floor when that happens. You may question everything, like, "What have I done? Have I been screwing up for ten years? Am I just am I a bad person?" Um, you will, and I've seen people go through this uh, roller coaster, and it is incredibly painful. 
but it is normal, I think. And I, I'd say if you're going through that or you've been through it, that the one piece of uh, solace that you can take is that th- this is actually normal and healthy to get to go through this. And I think the best thing you can do is let time heal the wound and and prove to yourself over time that you are valuable and you do do good work and you can be a productive member of a team. Um, but that will take time, you know. Twenty four hours after the after getting fired, you're just not going to feel that way. Sure. So let's say you have been fired. What do you What do you do? Let, let's talk tac- Let's talk tactical first. Okay. Um, first of all, if you got fired, there's a good chance your company has a severance policy, and it's common in our industry to pay out one, two, or three or more months of pay on the moment you get fired. You'll walk out with that check. Uh, that's pretty common. And then um, there's also unemployment insurance that uh, can be collected. I don't know how that works exactly, but I know that many, many companies in our industry will pay a severance. So you should at least ask. <laughs> what? That sounds crazy to me. I'm trying to imagine telling someone telling me you're fired and then me saying like, okay, but can I have severance pay? Is that really yeah. what you have uh, why, to do? No, well, I mean... No, you shouldn't have to do that. Companies should have a policy and it should just be part of the thing. Mm. Uh, but but could it really hurt to ask? Like you've already been fired. That's true. <laughs> you can't be double fired. Like <laughs> You're maybe, fired again. Yeah, or maybe they were about to say, just kidding. It was all a joke. And then you ask that and then they're like, oh. And then they really, they, yep, real. yep. <laughs> we can't handle people asking about severance pay. That's beyond the pale. <laughs> So, yeah. okay. I think so, it's cool so to check ask. into kind of benefits and severance and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay. Then what? Oh, I was going to After ask you're you. done hitting the ice cream. Well, start looking for a job. Um, I think when you're looking for a job, the hardest part after being fired is explaining what happened. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask about that. So people are going to ask yeah. often, yep. why aren't you with company X anymore? Or why are you yeah. looking why for did a job? you leave? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you could say, I got fired. And I think that that would be the hardest message to receive and probably hurt your chances at the next employer the most. Um, but you can, without lying, you can have a good story for what went down. You know, and you and some companies will even make an agreement with you like, okay, we're going to, if anyone calls and asks, we're going to say budget cuts for your benefit. And so you can say budget cuts. You know, I was laid off because they were cutting budgets. Or they can... Uh, you know, you can set something up like that, or you can tell a story like I was ready for something new. You know, you can explain the situation without saying, well, I was fired because I did a bad job. You know, that will not help you get your next job. So I'm not really saying lie, but I am saying tell the best possible true version of the story. You could also talk about, I mean, I think you are a smart person and a good engineer because you're listening to this show and that that shows you have a strong character and, and are amazing. <laughs> and uh, a high tolerance for bad jokes. <laughs> yeah, and that. Um, so somewhere something went, went wrong to, to make it so that it ended up this way. Either you kind of lost motivation somehow or you were put in this weird political situation or mm-hmm. the company was struggling and needed a scapegoat. Like there's some... Yep. explanation beyond I got fired even if the reason you got fired was you did a bad job like you aren't 
bad. So something caused you to do a bad job. And if you can talk about that as the cause, mm-hmm. instead of saying, I got mm-hmm. fired because I, I deleted prod in a fit of rage, <laughs> <laughs> you, could, you could say, well, I just, uh, I, I, I left because I got really frustrated with the X policy and I wanted to work somewhere else or something. And maybe that was like why you deleted all of prod in a fit of rage. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, and, and I don't think that's Clever. dishonest. Uh, I, I think it's looking at the root cause instead of yeah, yeah. the event. Yeah. Like the, uh, the incidental thing that was the, like the last straw uh, isn't nearly as an important of a story as the, the background that led to that. Yeah. Yeah, and and also um, that might be a valuable way of kind of getting some closure and and dealing with the the fallout of the situation is if you can figure out why this happened and uh, hopefully the answer is is not I have no idea and there's nothing I could have done or foreseen to prevent it at all because that that Unfortunately, some people, (laughs) that's actually a really common attitude though. I shouldn't say really common. I don't have like research data on it, but it's really easy to just be like, I don't know what happened. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and it's hard to see. And this is where I would suggest doing something that I personally have not done, but I have done for other scenarios, which is find a good counselor, either a career coach, a mentor, someone you look up to, or someone who professionally coaches uh, people for their careers and consult with them and see if they have any insight into what may have happened. There's a very good chance that what happened to you is common and they will have strategies for coping with it and becoming successful afterwards. Sure. I was going to say, and if you can't find like a career coach, find a regular therapist or counselor. Hopefully, you know, you already have one that you trust and, and have a good rapport with, but they can help you work through these things too and really self-assess and figure out what's going on in your head. Yeah. Um, I mean, there, there are definitely also layoffs, like some big division of the company is, is gone. And, yep. and those, I don't, I don't know how much control a person can have over that kind no, of thing. No, and, and and you hardly need any explanation when that happens. Um, we just hired a guy who was, uh, his whole division was laid off. It was like 300 people. You know, they were like, no exceptions, you're all laid off. Mm-hmm. And he came to work for us and it's like, we didn't even ask. Like we already knew from the news what had happened. Sure. And we didn't need to be like, oh, how come you didn't survive this round of layoffs? Yeah. Like that just, it didn't come up. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's the easiest one, I think. I want to ask about, um, how do I say this? I want to ask a little bit about why you don't hear people talking about this more. You you do hear people mm-hmm. talk about the layoffs kind of thing or, or people love oh, yeah. to talk about how messed up the company was and how like if, if, if there's some reason they got fired or laid off that they believe was not their fault, like some crazy political thing. Yeah, or, yeah. That sure. I feel like I hear a lot of those stories, but I don't ever hear people say like, I, I got fired and it wasn't good. <laughs> and I, I don't know. And one obvious answer so why is not? it's painful, right? Like you don't mm-hmm. want to admit mm-hmm. failure, but I feel like by hiding it, um, we we make it this horrible thing that it, it, it seems like it emphasizes the general feeling that exists already, which is like, you did something wrong. There's something wrong with you. It's bad. It's a failure. And I must keep it secret. Yeah, exactly. It's my scarlet letter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that definitely goes on. I don't know. Is there some place, is there some like anonymous board where people post stories about getting fired or something? I just, I just wonder if there's something Almost you could definitely. do <laughs> to, to kind of like connect with other people and, 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 
and realize oh, yeah. this happens. You're not horrible. Like you're among friends. We've all been through it. And now yeah, let's, call, yeah. let's share our stories. Yeah, exactly. Not, and, and, and not and the like story own of the like parts we can own. And my, my whole division was cut, but like I screwed up really bad. And yeah. This is what happened. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Maybe that needs to exist. And maybe it does. Maybe we should start a soft skills engineering forum where people can pour their heart out to each other. Sure. Have, after having been fired. I will go get fired right now and then start it up. <laughs> the inaugural member. Yeah, roll up my sleeve. I'm going to go <laughs> deliver some body shots to the CEO. On the <laughs> Give him some punches. On the, on, the other, um, on the other side of that coin, you also don't hear people in leadership positions talk openly about firings. Sure. You know, like, oh, I fired so-and-so and it was because he did this. You know, like you don't hear that. And yeah. I, I think that's because of privacy. Like anytime I've heard of a manager being involved in a firing, they always, in my experience, now this won't be true all the time, but in my experience, they always go way out of their way to protect the privacy of the person, uh, to make sure that they have a good soft landing. Like you're, they already, these people are human beings. They already know it's going to be terrible. And they're just doing everything everything they can to lessen the blow. You know. Yeah. I think it can also be to protect the company. Um firing oh, someone maybe, is a maybe is a traumatic event. I mean, especially for the person getting fired, but it affects all the other people that work there too. And and the natural tendency is to wonder like, Am I what next? Happened? You know, like Yeah. Yeah. Um so sometimes those those can often conflict even like you want to respect the yes. person's privacy but you also want to reassure people like hey this person was let go for this vague but understandable cause and you don't have that vague but understandable cause mm-hmm. but even that's hard it's hard to broach that subject yeah it is you know well on that downer note <laughs> i mean it's a downer subject it really is. And maybe we're experiencing firsthand why people don't talk about it because it sucks to talk about. It does, but I wish more people did. There was that famous Zach Holman post, the the GitHub guy about being fired, and that was great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also the advice, the, the generic soft skills engineering advice that applies to every question definitely applies to this question. Go get another job. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you can. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and if you have stories about being fired um, or or experiences related to it, I would love to hear them. If you're not comfortable sharing them publicly, you can direct message us. Uh, if you are, though, yeah. I mean, I, I think people would benefit from hearing more in the open about this. Yeah, yeah. So if you are Send us to, your stories. Yeah, send, send them publicly or privately. And, and if they're private, I'll respect that privacy, but I will learn. And if they're public, then other people can learn too. Yeah. All right. What else we got? I think that's it. I think the question is answered. Now I just got to go. Question answered. Sit and think. Yeah, this one this one really put me in a pensive mood. Yeah, for sure. Well, you know what I do when I get pensive, Dave? What's that? I subscribe to Soft Skills Engineering on <laughs> iTunes or my <laughs> podcast app. And it, it How many times have you done that? Really hits the spot. <laughs> <laughs> just over you just go over hit again. that subscribe button you're like oh subscribe i feel so pensive yeah ask my mother-in-law to borrow her phone subscribe again and subscribe her too yeah <laughs> everyone can benefit anyone you can find just people on the train hey pardon me sir can i borrow your cell phone for a moment <laughs> and they always say yes 
People love it when, oh, yeah. you, when strangers borrow their, your cell phone. Well, you can borrow it, but only if you're going to subscribe me to some random podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> if you are listening, hopefully you're subscribed. If not, please subscribe. We would love it. Uh, please tweet about the show. Share it with people. We'd love it yeah. to, to share the stuff we're yeah, talking about and, with more people. And so many of you are doing that. We've just been getting question after question. Uh, we have not lost track of any of them, I promise. We carefully curate all of our direct messages and tweets, and we've got them in a nice little backlog. And um, we will eventually get to them. But uh, in the meantime, thanks for listening. It's great to have you. And I am amazed every time I check our little podcast stats and I see more and more people are listening. Um, it's just incredible. Keep it up. I know you're all here for Jameson. <laughs> Alrighty. Thanks for everything.